Should we go electric? I think we should go electrified with Toyota. Electrified? Electrified means options. So electrified looks different for everyone. Yup, and with more options for reducing carbon emissions, Toyota is electrified diversified. Learn more about our Beyond Zero vision for the future at toyota.com slash beyondzero. Hey. Hi, Catherine. Can you hear this? I can hear beeping. That's you being paged. Oh, yeah. Nightmarish. (laughs) This is sort of the segment we call paging Dr. Hamblin. So that was you being paged. And what are you paging me about? How can I be of service? I'm a very busy doctor. Uh, This is what you're being paged about. A question from an anonymous person. I am a healthy 76-year-old thinking about taking a nonstop flight from Nevada to Baltimore. I want to see my daughter and her family, including my grandkids, who have been fantastic about quarantining. I could self-isolate in their basement. For the flight, I have an N95 mask and gloves, and I get a protective face shield. Icing on the cake, I can wear a diaper to avoid public restrooms. Should I get on that plane? End quote. And this is not you just changing your age um, <laughs> for asking for a friend. Um, there's no way to know. I mean, this person was anonymous. Okay. So. Well, I know her name, and uh, she's real. And this was a real question of sort that we're getting a lot. Right. I do personally, though, have this question because I also wish to m- visit family who mm-hmm. are far away. And how am I ever going to do that? You right, know? right. So uh, what's the answer? Um, the answer for her, just to cut right to it, is that she should. Um, she should get on the plane. She shows just in that question, like the level of vigilance and attentiveness that if everyone were so thoughtful and careful about how they're going to isolate and all the precautions they're going to take, um, that we could all travel safely, assuming that all of the airline's ventilation systems are working as they should be. So the air in the cabin is constantly turning over. Uh, A lot of new air is coming in from the outside, and whatever air is recirculated is run through these high-efficiency HEPA filters, the same things they use in hospitals that are rated to catch 99.9% of viruses. And the whole cabin's air is supposed to turn over every two to three minutes. So it's completely refreshed. Mm -hmm. Um, So the chance of spreading a virus widely within a cabin of a plane is next to zero as long as that system is on. And there haven't been confirmed cases of spread of coronavirus on airplanes to more than one other person ever since we started having People rigorously wear masks and told sick people to definitely not travel. Yeah. Uh, There have been cases where sick people have traveled internationally and people around them have not gotten sick. Okay, but you have no control over the other people on the plane. And there are many well-documented examples of people not wearing masks on planes, including recently Ted Cruz. Ted Cruz, yeah. So... Does that change things, given the fact that you can only ensure that you are wearing a mask? And as we've discussed, the mask is really about protecting others, not necessarily you. Right. There, there is, yes, there is a theoretical possibility you get seated next to someone who has been really inconsiderate and is symptomatic and refuses to wear a mask. And I don't know what the recourse airlines have to compelling them to do that. But we haven't heard about kind of violent <laughs> showdowns where someone's refusing 
And it seems like people have mostly been pretty, pretty good about that. So what if you are seated next to a person? Like what if she walks on the flight and it's full because that's happening now. Mm -hmm. And the person sitting next to her either doesn't have on a mask or has on a bad one or takes it off to, you know, does the like under the nose thing or takes it off to eat. Yeah, that's an unfortunate situation for anyone to have to police them because that's not what flight attendants signed up to have to do, you know, but they're good at telling you to buckle your seatbelt. So they should be able to come by and say, please pull your mask up. They're so good. I feel like I've felt the most shame in my adult life at the hands of flight attendants. Oh, yeah. What sort of stuff do you do on on planes? (laughs) No, just they're always like they always find something I've done wrong. And then it's very intimidating. If anyone is good at chastising people, you know, they're like used to it. Yeah, yeah. Like chastising is a part of their job. Unfortunately, I wish people weren't, you know, bad. Anyway, it's not the flight attendant's fault. I'm sorry. Right. We can trust right now from what we're seeing. uh, There are not reports of lots of transmission on planes, especially since people started taking these precautions. So that Mm -hmm. that is very small risk, but that's what makes it basically not zero. I could say if everyone were as vigilant as it sounds like she is, like the risk is zero. Yeah, but th- but that's not the situation we're in. So right, right. I think there there could be, you know, especially as more and more people start to travel, there'll be probably some interesting confrontations and maybe even legal battles about. I'm going to tell you what I would do yeah. if I were her in that situation. I would insist to the flight attendant that I needed a different seat and say that I'm an at risk person and I can't like right sit next to this person. Yeah, I think that would be a. Great move. I mean, if it's a full flight, I don't know how that goes. If you still had an opportunity to get off, if they were not allowing you to move, I think that would be appropriate. But I just have to think that like, there's enough collective spirit right now that it wouldn't just be the flight attendant telling that coughing person who refuses to wear a mask. It would be like the entire seven rows all around that person being like, hey, this is not cool. What are you doing? You know, I think it's not, to me, it's less the the single visibly belligerent person. It's more like people who are like, "Mm, I'm feeling a little sick, but I really need to go to this place. And like, I'm going to wear a mask, but I'm also going to like have some of my coffee. And, you know, it's like, that is actually, I think the realistic scenario, not the people who are just being like outrageously (laughs) inconsiderate, but people who are kind of like, I don't know, I'm just trying to get through this. Like, I really hope I'm not sick, but I got a COVID test yesterday and I'm waiting. I don't, (laughs) I won't get the results back for a week and I really need to go to this whatever or see this person. And I hope to God I'm not sick. I'm doing everything I can, but like, I do need to drink this coffee right now. And the person sitting next to me, I have no idea what their like immuno situation is. I love the vividness with which your mind is playing through these <laughs> scenarios. I think that person, you know, it's obviously impossible to assess risk at too granular of a level. But, you know, if you find yourself in a life or death have to travel scenario and you suddenly you wake up with a headache, I don't know, something that it's not concerning enough that you would say, I definitely need to quarantine for two weeks here. But, you know, anything concerning like that, where if you absolutely can't postpone this trip for whatever reason, that's when, like, that person wearing the mask is much more effective than a, you know, truly healthy person trying to protect themselves with a mask. Um, Someone said it's like, uh, <laughs> well, not, not, a, not an appropriate comparison. 
Come on. Um, well, it's like if if you um, <laughs> if someone wets their pants, you know, and they're in a group of people, you know, the reaction of the group of people is like, oh, what just happened here? Your pants are all wet. But if that person wasn't wearing pants, um, just the fact that everyone else was wearing pants wouldn't make it okay. <laughs> I can see why you didn't say that. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that's an epidemiologist's uh, joke. Uh, it, it was visual. Yeah, I can totally see why you stopped yourself from saying that. Anyway, it's much, but it's the, like you need some visual term. Like, remember, like the, the one person who was spreading wearing the mask is much, much more efficient than having 10 healthy people wearing masks um, to protect themselves because it doesn't work. Yeah. That way. Okay. Okay. All right. Here's another question. Yeah. What about. Public restrooms. She's going to wear a diaper to avoid public restrooms. Like, is that what you should do? We know about, you've told us about toilet plumes. So it seems like actually in public places, like, bathrooms are some of the most dangerous, right? Yeah. You should not have to wear a diaper. Um, Why? If you're wearing a mask, public restrooms are supposed to have ventilation systems that are sucking air out of there. And anything lingering in the air is not lingering long. Do airplane bathrooms have that? Airplane bathrooms have ventilation like the rest of the plane. And it should not be someplace where you think you can go take down your mask because you're alone. I would keep it up. Um, keep your mask on. It's well, it's like especially important because it's being next to a recently flushed toilet. It's like being next to a person breathing. Right. Right. In terms of virus spread. Well, we know that flushing a toilet has the capacity to aerosolize virus if there was virus in the stool that was in that toilet. We don't know right. how much. This is constantly the question, right? Is is that right, enough right, right. to actually infect a person or is that just a right. we are able to detect it? And also then to, you know, airplane toilets are weird things that just suck down and they don't have the same swirling water mechanisms so i don't believe uh -huh. that's been studied as a, a contributor okay so the most important thing is if you're going to use a public restroom it's very important to wear the mask yeah right in an airport they should have constantly running big exhaust fans that are pulling air out of that bathroom um but i would not assume it if I were immunocompromised, though, or if I were especially at risk, like, why not just... And if you feel comfortable wearing a diaper, like, oh. is there, like... Well, I think it might... It's not necessary, but it's, like, it's probably... Like, if you're going to be really, really, really careful, that's not a bad idea, right? Um, I, I guess I don't see a reason not to. Maybe people around you on the plane might uh, object to any smell. They don't need to know. They don't need to know. Okay. Anyway, okay, so one last question on this particular question. Everything we've been talking about is like a bunch of people packed into an enclosed space is the worst thing ever. Right. We've talked about buses. We've talked about classrooms. We've talked about elevators. So it does the plane filtration system, is it like just especially good and therefore that's why it's actually not as much of a risk as you would think it is? Yeah, because, you know... Managing oxygen levels and air pressure is always a thing in planes. So they have these elaborate ventilation systems that are turning over air um, regularly. If you had the exact same number of people in, say, a subway car, um, and it was the same size as an airplane, um, I would much rather be in the airplane. 
Right. There's an important caveat. Mm -hmm. This classic outbreak on a plane happened in 1977 with the flu. And it happened because they were on the tarmac waiting, you know, when they take you out there and they're like, oh, sorry, folks. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. We yeah. need to get the And engine then they always turn out. the air conditioning off. Exactly. They shut it off and everyone starts to fan themselves. And right. in this case, in 1977, it was 38 out of 54, 56 people. Like, 38 out of 50 people got the flu from one person. Yeah. How long were they sitting there? Four and a half hours. So this was oh, not God. a brief turning off. Like, this is not a reason to have your heart stop if, you know, that happens briefly. But it should not be practiced that they are turning off the ventilation system and having people sit together right now. Uh, and probably maybe shouldn't ever. <laughs> but, so there's that. And, and, and the other issue is deplaning and boarding where they tend to turn the air off. And some airlines are thinking of kind of creative ways to try to make that process more efficient so you're not sitting there for 20 minutes after the plane has landed. I know that what your answer to the question is she should get on the plane, but everything you're telling me, if it were me, I'd be like, I'm not getting on that plane. Like everything you've said makes me think I'm not going on a plane. Well, that's what I mean. Those are like the two scenarios that could be high risk. But when you're, you know, 76 and you want to go see your family, um, I wouldn't say I'm going to be more comfortable saying wait two years you're right right what about though okay so this is something i'm actively considering for myself what about driving um yeah if you're by yourself then your own your contacts are only if you stay in a hotel or go into a restaurant or gas station so say for a very long trip let's take a hypothetical totally hypothetical right totally hypothetical say you had like a sister in california and you were in new york and say you really miss your sister and you can't really deal with not seeing her for two years. Would it be better to fly out there or to drive out there? All things being equal and understanding that driving would also involve multiple nights stopping. Uh, That's a long drive. Yeah. It's five days. Yeah. That's a lot of hotels. And I think we've talked a little bit about hotel ventilation and that has a lot of variables. What about motels or Airbnbs or camping? <laughs> We're getting way beyond the purview of this question. Uh, I'll just say that if I were this hypothetical person, I would drive. But that's just me. Okay. Here's, here's the thing. What, what you're saying is, I mean, you're answering these questions in ways that say, here's how to reduce your risk. but the risk of traveling is not non-zero. The risk of staying is not, is not non-zero, depending on what you're doing. Mm-hmm. So it sounds like what you're describing is the kind of calculation that is going to be very individual. And that is what we all have to, we have to build this muscle for risk calculation if we're going to live in the, the third way for the next few months, years. Exactly. And, and we all collectively lower risk if we just really only limit this to like when we really feel we need to Mm -hmm. can i do a follow-up to this question because she got back to me i i was late to reply to her email and uh she did not go her beloved dad appeared to her daughter and advised that she shouldn't go he was always a practical man and he figured they could wait it out (sighs) 
It's different for every person. You've got to figure out your own tolerance for risk. Families being apart is really sad, though. That's really, that's yeah. like one of the most crushing things about this, both both for families who aren't sick and, of course, especially for families uh, where someone gets sick. She says, but so for now, no trip on a plane, lots of Zoom time and video sharing, and lots of supportive texts and phone calls. And we share funny images, etc., related to the virus and our experiences. That's another version of the third way. Mm-hmm. The third way. Hope this was helpful. Uh, it was to me. Sounds like it was too late to be helpful to her, but <laughs> maybe it'll be helpful to someone, someone else. Someone else, yeah. Yeah. Um, thank you, Jim. Thank you, Catherine. This was helpful. Can I put down my pager uh, now? You you can. No, you, isn't that the point of a pager? To reach you at all times? Ugh, yes, I guess so. I, I might page you again sometime. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, the show was produced by Alvin Malice today. Write us at socialdistance at theatlantic.com if you want to page Jim about anything. And if you want to access all of the Atlantic's journalism, the best way to do that is by subscribing. And the way that we'll know that you came from us is that you, if you, you use the link, theatlantic.com slash support us. Okay. Talk to you later. Bye. Bye. So, should we go electric? I think we should go electrified with Toyota. Electrified? Electrified means options. Yes, we could go all electric with a Toyota BZ4X, but then there are hybrids like Grand Highlander. Or we could do something in between, like a RAV4 plug-in hybrid. So, Toyota is electrified diversified? Yep, and with more options for reducing carbon emissions, the closer we all get to Toyota's Beyond Zero vision for the future. Exactly how much coffee have you had this morning? Learn more about our Beyond Zero vision for the future at toyota.com slash beyondzero.